All right, Chooms, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Night City Council. My name is John John the Wise, and I have with me the illustrious mayor of Balancetown himself, James Hutt. How are you, James? Hello, I'm James. I, uh, I brought somebody. He, you did indeed bring somebody. And return introduce guest. our illustrious return guest. Illustrious, yeah. not illustrious. Al- al- illustrious, that? illustrious alumni. Jay illustrious. Gray. It's illustrious. Jay Gray. I, am illustrious. I? Am I like to your left, James, on your phone? No, you're. <laughs> you pointed. <laughs> this is not good content. This is somewhere. This is this is obviously made for radio. Uh, hi, I'm Jay Gray. I am. Um, Many things, but uh, most importantly, here I am, the Cyberpunk Red Line Manager. And I am here because I don't know. James said I had to be here, and he said if I don't come here, he won't finish something, a project, a super secret project he's working on. And so that's it. Oh, wow. do tell. Do I've tell. I've been called out. I've been called <laughs> yes, out. No, so, yes, I came here. Yes, I, 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 I used my clout to drag him onto this, apparently. Yes, as senior as senior game designer for our games. That's right. I'm a senior citizen now. That's right. Yes. At least Literally. a senior. Somehow. You get a ten percent discount uh, at certain booths at Bencon. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thank you all for you joining us. Games. They just throw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> they throw dice at you. We, today we uh, have Jay Gray the funny. the Jay Gray the faceless because we are yes. having some technical issues with his cam, so I do apologize for the video listeners, but audio is still loud and clear, and Jay is going to join us. We're going to be talking about two DLCs today. The first one is the bike one, uh, spinning your wheels, a new way to ride the edge, really fun, uh, bikes in the dark future kind of thing, and then of course. The return of the twelve days of Cybermiss. What was it last year? What was it called last Gunmiss. year? Gunmiss. Gunmiss. That's right. So this year it is the twelve days of Cybermiss, where it's all cyberware, all Santa, has a great little cover too. And then we will go ahead and answer some questions that you guys have left us. I have a list to go through. So here we go. The show has begun. Jay and James. You guys just came back from PAX, right? Uh, we, oh, weren't yeah. sure, we weren't sure if we were going to do another episode, but it just happened to be a perfect time to do it. And here we are, the last episode of the year. Tell us about PAX and your experience there. Oh, PAX was great. Um, it, was, uh, it was a bit of a, like, it's very nice to go back there after um, pandemic and whatnot. And uh, I, I think we all had a pretty good time. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I got to talk to a lot of people, did some interviews, yeah. because it'll probably be coming up. Um, how'd you yeah. feel about it, Jay? Oh, no, it's, it's a nice thing about PAX, it's, it's, it's a smaller show than Gen Con, and there's less pressure. Uh, it's just RTG crew in the booth, uh, as opposed to us and um, whoever else we can snag from the outside that's willing to come help us out. Uh, so it's a nice chance for us all to get together and really spend time together because uh, we. Uh, have four, four to five employees who are in the central office, and even they work from home half the time. And then we have uh, two employees who are in other parts of Washington State, and me on the East Coast. So it's always nice to get together uh, and just chill and do things. And 
exchange ideas and just bond. Uh, but it was cool. Uh, great thing about PAX is it's uh, a lot of younger gamers who are fairly new to the hobby, and uh, it's always nice to talk to them and get them to know, get them to learn that there's life outside of a certain Titanic fantasy role playing game. Well, we we heard a lot of we heard a lot of people like coming up with that idea on their own though. A lot of them are like, "Oh, we're looking for something." Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And it's also nice. The pattern we're noticing is that Five uh, E has been around long enough that people who have played it are saying, "Well, I played this, and I've done this, and I've done Strahd, and I've done uh, dragons, and I've done lances." Uh-huh. So what do I do next? And the next thing is they look for other games and they come looking for Cyberpunk. Uh, we do have a lot of visibility right now because of the uh, award-winning in some cases and not award-winning in others anime uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So that's nice. Uh, and we're happy masterpiece. to share. It was. Oh, we're yeah. happy to share. And it's just exciting. It's always exciting to see. You know, I am. I am a. Uh, on the uh, other side of certain of certain hills, age hills, <laughs> and it's always nice to see young, younger people, uh, younger gamers, uh, exploring and expanding uh, the horizons. Because uh, you know what, even if they only play a couple of games of Cyberpunk and they go back to Five E, I think they'll be better gamers, and they'll have a better understanding. And just they'll learn things and take it. The experience, the breadth of the experience, will make the game more enjoyable for them. Yeah, yeah. From... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta another take on that. Oh yes, please. my my take on it is that uh, we've got a new generation of old heads coming in, in uh, that are you know they've done a lot of five E and they're ready to do their first non five E long campaigns. So they're coming in with um, with the experience of doing five E for maybe a couple of years, and they're uh, and so they're they're like fairly new experienced players, if that makes sense. Um, it's not people that never played TRPG before. It's people who have played a lot of one TRPG. Um, anyway, that's it's cool. I know. I know they're they're really young to be called old heads, but I think they they've been through enough. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. They yeah, need a forever home. There's even like 2020 folks that have come into the community saying like, "Hey, uh, saw all the content out there, and it made me want to try out Red. I've been playing 2020 for years." Well, you got those folks coming in too. There's folks from every different strokes, different folks, right? That's what they say. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad so, you guys had a good time. You guys also had um, David from High Shelf Gaming running some games for you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, High Shelf Collective. Now. Oh, sorry, High Shelf Collective. Collective. I'm oh. so sorry. It's hard they're, to, they're it's hard to forget. To remember, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 David and his crew were very nice, uh, and they, with along with the uh, Alexandria Library. Uh, which is a gaming library that travels to different conventions. Uh, you may have seen them at Gen Con. You may have seen the packs unplugged. You can just grab, go in there, grab a book, sit down at the table, and play, or you so can read. Cool. Yeah. You. If you if you wanna if you wanna go to one place at a convention and just read a lot of really crazy wild TRPGs, Alexandria Library is gonna do that nowhere else. That's yep. so cool. Uh, they, they ran several games for us, and they you know they were at Gen Con running games for us too. So we have a good long-standing relationship with them yeah shout out to them they're doing a little charity drive right now by the time you guys see this video it'll be done but you can mark your calendars for next year it's for the trevor project 
we uh-huh. um we were able to generate 650 bucks on my day where i ran a one shot and if we have some time today i'll talk about it but we got a lot to get through so um maybe not <laughs> so maybe time. we maybe we should start with the bikes i did want to say something real quick before we do the bikes yeah and it's uh i know i know i did drag jay here uh with through my clout apparently <laughs> but uh but really it's it's because this bikes these bikes they're her there's baby right uh, writing and design and, uh, by jay Gray. really cool yeah, every, every yeah. once in a while james comes to me and says jay jay i've got too much work and i'm tired i can't do them <laughs> i can't do the dlc this month can you do it and i'll say yeah i, I can i can do something i can take the load off M- more seriously though um Every once in a while, one of us will get an idea, and it's like, yeah, that's it. And it's not just us. Uh, in fact, January may be another writer who's not either of us. Wow, wow. We're, we're really laying it on thick for that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys got to get through. third writer. We got, a, we got a publicity cycle for a DLC. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Hell yeah. Well, we've uh, we're we're blessed, you know, as a community. We have all these brilliant writers like Melissa and you guys. And um, even better, we get to have you guys on here to talk about the stuff that you're making, like well, spinning that... your wheels. Yes. All right. This so... was the fourth title I came up with. This. Uh... I'm I'm very excited uh, about about spinning your wheels. Uh, but what I want to know, uh, so it adds uh, loosely, it adds skateboards, uh, rollerblades, bikes. Um... Inline skates, inline non-trademarked skates. version of roller uh, of that of that specific product. Dude, I didn't even know that was a trademark thing. Oh yeah, no rollerblades are very specifically a, a a type of inline skate that's put out by one specific company. It's like Kleenex, that's you know, weird. you know it by the Kleenex, but it's actually yep. tissue, yep. right? Yeah. If you so, read the description, I very specifically avoid the words blade. I believe. Wow. Such a cool yeah. name, too. Roller Blade. <laughs> well, then people would expect us to have, like, talon foots on them. But yes, uh, it adds bicycles, skateboards. Yes, yeah, we got some cool stuff here. Um, the bicycles as a vehicle section talks about how your body and uh, it comes into it. So I guess the idea is the higher body stat that you have, the faster you can go. And, and I, I believe it has to do with endurance as well, right? Mm-hmm. So before before we get to the rules, I want to point this out because this gets skipped a lot, and I don't. It deserves a shout out. Uh, in almost every DLC we put out, uh, there is lore. Yeah. Either as a like a little story type thing at the beginning, uh, for example, in Woodchipper's garage, there's an interview with Jericho Hunt between Jericho Hunt and Woodchipper. This one, uh, it is between Angie Wu 2.0 uh, and Gabriel Yang, uh, the CEO of Yang's Wheels, and this is cool stuff because i know people are hungry for some cyberpunk lore if they go digging into this stuff they're going to find out information like the fact that there's manufacturing in night city in 2045 uh or uh information about uh the fact that switzerland had a bicycle calvary uh up into the fourth corporate war that's crazy i think that's pretty cool Um, (laughs) that's so wild so you know if you want to know more about night city read these things because we're dropping little hints here and there uh, and you'll learn a little bit more. A lot yeah. of the um, 
a lot of the DLCs have uh, have mid story points, where we'll do big beginning story points and big end story points in larger books. A lot for a lot of the DLCs, you're going to miss the middle of the series. Uh, we we do put real lore in these. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Farm raids. Yeah, these are all canon. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. My, yeah, James and I run everything uh, through Mike to make sure that he's good with it because he's the ultimate arbitrator of what's canon and what's not canon. Uh, and uh, also because, you know, he's in charge of cyberpunk, and so we need to make sure he's good good with what we're putting out. Uh, and he may have ideas. Uh, like, for example, uh, the Nomad Pack changed a bit because of Mike's input. Uh, Avril Yang came from a different Nomad Pack originally, and Mike's input helped me change it. Uh, so, yeah, all canon. Good stuff you can bring in. Uh, Gabriel's wheel, uh, Yang's wheels, uh, would make for a great plot point. Uh, a local manufacturer out of the Haywood Industrial Zone, uh, who who is uh, maybe a little on the fly, maybe uh, willing to buy some bicycles, no questions asked. <laughs> unless yeah. you, unless the person who owned the bicycle had the security package. Oh, so okay. anyway. Now we go to the rules, but I just want to point out to people that, yeah, that the lore we put into these things, whether it's talking about places, the go-kart track at Danger Gal headquarters in the dating sim, the dating pack, uh, or uh, Yang's Wheels here, or um, Blood Rain in, let's see whether, it's all canon lore. That's good to hear. That's awesome, because you guys do have a lot of lore if you put it all together with all the DLCs. Uh, it's It's a lot to take in, so have at it with that um but yeah powering on through to the rules side of things there is uh you know we don't have to break down everything but there are rules for using bicycles uh mechanics for using them mechanics for using them in combat mechanics for fatigue and there are also mechanics about upgrading your bicycle there's yeah. uh the same kind of thing you would do when you upgrade a vehicle. There's like the same yes. idea and ideology behind it. And then there are other offerings like inline skates and skateboards. And then there are tricks, there's costs, there's uh, all that stuff. So why don't we talk about um, the the idea behind bicycles and their mechanics. Jay, if you can tell us. What was your mindset bringing introducing bicycles into the dark future? Okay, so um, it's very simple. In a society where cars are um, either a pain in the ass to own or expensive, um, they're not pra either they're not practical for various reasons. You're gonna have bicycles. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a form of transportation that is cheap, reliable, and fits into an apartment. I mean. James, how many times a day do you move your car? Actually, I have parking now. Nice. Oh, okay. Congratulations. That, but but you know, alternate side of the street parking is an annoyance. Uh, cyberpunk red cars cost roughly what real life cars do. The difference is, is in real life you can get a loan for a car, maybe if you're if you're lucky. And and cyberpunk nobody's giving you a loan for no anything. As, as Gabriel Yang actually very specifically says in his interview, the only people who are getting loans are the people who don't need them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so uh, people will turn to bicycles, and that is an opportunity for a neocorp. And that's what Yang's Wheels is. It's a neocorp. That is an opportunity for a neocorp to say, "Hey, 
here's a niche, no one's filling it, I'm going to jump in. And that was the reason. As for the rules, uh, obviously a bicycle is a vehicle. Uh, but we didn't want to make it boring in terms of, oh, it has a combat speed and a narrative speed. Right. We wanted people who were more in shape, have a higher body, to get more out of their bicycle and, and have, you know, reward that. Because uh, as people point out, while body is a cool stat, it, you know, it has no associated skills. So it sometimes feels like, oh, it's HP and punching damage, and that's it. And we want to put it that. And then it's little little twidges. You know, a bicycle's smaller, so it does less damage when you hit somebody with it. Uh, a bicycle uh, is not something you drive. It is something you ride. So it's an athletics, because that's a sport, right? Tour, yep. uh, Tour de France, that's a sport. And uh, And then, obviously, you know, Nomads aren't going to do bicycles because you can't bicycle. You can bicycle from Red City to Mexico City, sure, but your 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 pack's going to be way ahead of you because the rest of them are in cars. Yeah. So it's not as useful to nomads. It doesn't fit into their ethos. And then upgrades. I just want to make it cool. I mean, yeah, I got a bicycle. I want to make it cool. And that was just literally me going, okay, what things can you do with a bicycle? And the things like the bottle dynamo, which charges your batteries, that's a thing you can do. That's a real thing you can get for your, your bicycle. The electric pedal assist, that's fairly obvious. Um, the folding frame, there are fo real folding bicycles. The gun mount uh, goes back to, yes, the uh, military use bicycles, and they do put guns on them. Uh, and a lot of it comes down to uh, the quote on the very last page were three-piece mentions that if you get the bicycle, you get the enclosure upgrade, which puts a shell, adds a third wheel and puts a shell around your bike. You get the electronic pedal assist. What you got is a little car for like less than 500 euro bucks. Yeah, with not a lot of SDP, right? I mean, that's the idea. That's oh, yeah, the trade-off. No, it, it's, a, it's, a it's a slow, weak-ass car that can get yeah. stolen fairly easily. But you know what? It's your car. <laughs> Yeah, but it's yours. <laughs> That's it kind of it kind of uh, strikes me as like the thing that you would get if you were a teenager and you'd been working a part time job, and you wanted to uh, you wanted to get off of the any other form of transportation. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's effectively a tiny tiny metro car. Very cool. Very cool. I like that. I like that's that's very in line with like the scavenger thing, the opportunistic uh, mankind where it's like you know if you can't get a car you make one. Um, that's that's totally what cyberpunk is all about. So I love that. This is this adds so much to the game. Um, and the street, and it, the street finds a way. Yeah, that's it. The street finds a way. That's what it is. And I've had a lot of my players, you know, even bring up bicycles in our in my games and i'm like hey you're right i'm sure somebody has a bicycle and then i would just make up like rules on the fly but now i don't have to <laughs> you yeah. don't have to there you go yeah that, that, that. that was the basis of it. it it just it makes sense for any city where people have trouble owning cars to have uh and, and public transportation sucks to have something beyond just walking there it is. Okay. Very good. Uh, very awesome. I love that you included skateboards and inline skates because yeah. those are just as logical to, to exist. Uh, the, tricks, the tricks are done just like maneuvers, mm -hmm. yes. by the way. Uh, so you don't have to learn a new system to do cool tricks. It's the same for doing cool tricks in a car. Yeah, if you, if, you don't, if you don't particularly know the lingo for skateboards, roller, uh, inline skates, or bicycle 
and tricks, you may have to actually look them up because we did not ex actually explain what a tail whip is or a rotating jump or a laser flip. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is broken. You can look that up. It's broken down in simple, advanced, and pro trick. So, uh, yes. and there are some examples there too. So, if yep. you're a skater or or a BMX rider, then this is up your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. That's if you're nice. grinding a rail, that's a pro trick. If you're just doing a heel toe, that's a simple trick. I'm loving this uh, baseline you guys have for tricks because now is this the third time we've seen this kind of system? First, it's with vehicles, then it was cheating, the cheating mechanic. And then now mm -hmm. we're seeing it with uh, bicycle yeah. tricks. I, I think so, it, it's good. It has we're legs. Just, we're, we're putting the we're putting the DV we're putting the yeah. DV system through its paces. Yeah. Hey, so here's and, here's uh, the secret: is we are not adding a new subsystem at all. All we're doing is giving you examples of what a skill can do at different levels, yeah. at, at different DVs. Yeah. The power of interlock. Yep. Yeah. Power good. of interlock. That's exactly it. And um. It's the same thing. Um, uh, by the way, if you have, if you downloaded this DLC when it first came out, please re-download it. We did have to change the glass. We originally put it in his armor. That's my bad. Uh, <laughs> and it is now more appropriately thin cover as yeah, proof glass is supposed to be. Nice. Gotcha. Okay, sounds that good. That would be the one thing. Yeah. All right. I we think that's. Yeah, we all. <laughs> you want think... version one point one, which is available on the website. There it is. So it should be available. When you click on uh, to download, it will be 1.1. So uh, you don't have to worry about getting any old versions. Also, one more thing. Shout out to Bad Moon Art Studio who did that. Oh, yeah. Who did the cover, uh, the the image that comes with the, on the front page of um, our uh, Nomad and our Netrunner from the Bad the Black Dog Company doing a sick jump over what is obviously a very poorly maintained Night City street. Yeah, and doing a drive-by at that too, the passenger in the yeah. back. <laughs> it's so cool. And just that, that gun they're wielding, I won't say too much about it. I will say that gun is not yet available in Cyberpunk Red, but will be Sunday soon. Oh, Easter eggs. That's what we like here. He, is he saying something about the B word? The BC? I, the, 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 the BC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah. that gun very specifically comes from Flight don't, don't say it out loud or, you know. I said it, I said it out loud said further. It. But if yes. you say it three times, then it'll appear, so let's not do that. We're not going to tell you anything about it. We're just going to say it's in there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, why don't we talk about uh, the next DLC, The 12 Days of Cybermiss, a Cyberpunk oh, yeah. Red holiday sequel. Last year, we had 12 Days of Gunmiss. And I had some really amazing uh, lineup of, of guns that you can add to your arsenal as a game master. There's an amazing uh, song there. What is this song uh, supposed to be a parody of, or is it its own thing? Is it Silent um, Night? What is it? I, I mean, think originally on, John, you can figure it, it, was, out. <laughs> it was supposed to be a, a parody of a different song, but a lot of, the, a lot of my choice air lyrics got, uh, got edited uh -huh. down. It's still, it's still, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. I mean, I sang know. your ver, I sang your version out loud, and there are parts that were too many syllables. So that's what I tried to fix. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the song is a collaboration, really. Yeah. No, yeah. it's fine. Most of it's James. I change a few small words here and there. <laughs> so well, I the think editing. one of the one of the cool parts about this, other than the awesome stuff, is that uh, Jay and I wrote this together at uh, Packs Up. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we did, we had two so, nights in a hotel, two nights, a couple hours in a hotel room, um, which was nice. We sat there. Um, so the way that this and Gunness works is, uh, we came up with the idea that hey, we're going to do twelve. It's very specific, and twelve is now the standard uh, for items uh, because of this, apparently. Uh, but we did. We're going to do twelve items because twelve days of Christmas, and mm-hmm. we're going to do. Uh, we want specifically do the blueprint style. The idea is S A N T A comes by downloads these blueprints stolen from some company or another or multiple companies, and makers can grab them and make oh. their own. So you know, you ever wonder why make why a tech can make something from another company? It's because some tech has liberated it or reverse engineer it uh, in the same way that you can, in theory, I'm told, uh, download some 3D printing files for certain commercial products. Oh, interesting, interesting. For certain so... workshops that produce games. <laughs> well, so so the rule, you know, the rule is, the, the, the rules are, A, it has to have art. Any piece we did, we did this with Gunmiss 2, it has to have a piece of yep. art which we can do on this cool re- white on blueprint paper um, and it has to be something we actually like uh, and and it ha- occupies as always the design philosophy of cyberpunk red is it ha- new items have to occupy an interesting design space yeah, yeah. they can't be something that already we already have they'll always be something new and interesting so when we yes. said there's new things that word new means something yeah, it adds a it adds a new element to every encounter because if the bad guy's holding on to one of these things or you find this in a box somewhere, it it's uh it's it's quirky, you know? It has it has life, it has character. Uh, I'm glad that gang jazzler stayed in because I just love saying Oh yeah. Whatever that means, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I I have no idea what a gang jazzler. It's like some weird slang from from Look, the old 80s. People who get them installed have are are part of gangs and they definitely jazzle you when they get you with they jazzle you that's it that's that's i think that's, it's a verb i think jazzler is the is the the thing that happens to you did you get jazzled that, that's new <laughs> i now, jazzled him chum oh, that, no. that is now night city slang official night city slang for uh when you get electrocuted you get jazzled oh ah, i would imagine imagine if you get knocked out or something in like a boxing match, you'd be like, "They jazzled him with a right book." He's an yeah. old jazzle monger. There you go. Yeah, the it says here, Cyber Matrix Gang Jazzler. It is. Yep. Uh, d- does choking a target into unconsciousness take too long? Then you need the Gang Jazzler. Just press the Jazzler into your prey's neck, and you'll be able to deliver a shock right through their spinal nerves and into their brain. Very nice. I love that. It's a cyber arm option, a uh, powerful electrical needle that can be concealed. Uh, DV-13 resists torture. If the target fails, they go unconscious regardless of their hit points total. Oh man, that's strong. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you, still have to, you still have to grapple. Once you grapple, it's, it, as long as they don't succeed at that check, they're down in one round instead of three. Wow, if I gotta show there. this. The check, and importantly, you get one action to grapple, and then you got a whole turn cycle. Yes. Mm. So, so the the user still has two chances to get out of it: one to escape, and, and then, then one, one to beat to, a grapple. One to beat the 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 
the resist no, torture. torture drugs, drugs yeah. check. One of the great and many reasons why giving players multiple actions per turn is a big question mark. Yeah. yeah. You don't want the answer to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's some other good stuff here. Uh, any also, other... I, should, I, I, want, I want to say that the Gang Jazzler runs off a battery pack, which you can't oh, yeah. recharge with the bottle dynamo on your bicycle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and since you get four in a sci four slots in a cyber arm, and you can upgrade a cyber arm to get five option slots, you can put one at the tip of each of your fingers for Jazzler hands, and oh, that is how you get jazz hands. Jazz hands. That's, that's terrible. But now, now people are going to ask what happens if they set them all off at once, James. They don't. <laughs> Oh it's just, man! It's not possible. Certainly, if you grab somebody and you were jazzling them three turns in a row, they should have. You might as well yeah. choke them. Yeah, at some <laughs> point. Well, that's why you don't have to retreat because it's it's one shot per, I believe. But if you can't wait for black thing, um, you can always uh, you can always just get five gang jazzlers, and then you have cyber fingers already. Yes, I gotta say. Uh... The blueprint artwork that you guys have in this DLC, super reminiscent of 2020. It is and... 2020 art. Is it 2020 like said, art? Yeah. To, to all these items that was, we, we mentioned this, they all have to have existing 2020 art. Oh, yeah. It, I was like, dude, this looks Sorry. exactly like the 2020. Yeah. Yes. No, the, 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 the 2020 is... callback day, callback yes. month is December. Mm. December. And we did the same thing last time. All the art and Miss was from 2020 source books. Love it. I love that. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of good stuff here. Um, you know, we just do looked you have at a one. favorite other than the gang jazzler? Uh for Jay, I yeah. Mean, Jay, do you have one? Well, I mean, I'm going to say my not my favorite, the obvious favorite is the chain rip. Uh, oh yeah. That's oh. The, the winner going that's gonna be the contender, which is it, it takes every slot in your arm unless you tech upgrade your arm. Uh, but uh, you now have a very heavy melee weapon, which you can rev to be an excellent, very heavy melee weapon. A retractable uh, chainsaw built into your arm. I mean, what's better than is, that? Someone actually asked me if it was concealable, and I said, read a description. You the, have a it chainsaw. specifically does not say. It's, yeah, you have a yeah. chainsaw with an exhaust port in your <laughs> arm near the elbow. And then look at the picture. Look at the picture of it, man. Um, yeah. John John will now insert the picture here. I've made you some editing work. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, the picture was up there already, so they saw. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Okay, but yeah. Let's see. What is my favorite? My favorite. My favorite's the death trance. Very cool. Okay, here we go. Because, death trance. Yeah, the, yes. The, the death trance, which is a piece of neuralware. Uh, so that's that's. Ooh, you know what? It's tied with the Romanova cyber legs now, uh, but it's a piece of neuralware that basically makes you appear your vital statistics appear as if they are dead, as if uh, as it slows them down. But you are not incapable; you're not unconscious, so you can still act at a negative four to your actions. Yeah, uh, and then it takes a medical tech or a criminology deduction or perception check to figure out that you're not dead, as long as you're not moving. Yeah, if you're if you're moving, it kind of gives it away. Yes, uh, and a repeated use can permanently affect the skin's pallor. Uh, and then there's a little there's a little data pop on the side that says, obviously, uh, the Philharmonic vampires love this. And if they uh, they uh, if you can get through an entire performance of the Scottish play, 
as Macbeth, for anyone who does not know theater superstition, uh, mm. with the you're, with the death trance active, your your place in the gang is assured. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to explore yeah, we'll the Phil, Philharmonic Vampires, the uh, yes. Tales of the Red is what you want. There's a great yes. adventure in there for that. We don't the recommend adding one. this to it and turning it on during the big fight. Yeah. yeah, not a good idea. Anything um, uh, you're, for you, James, uh, on this list? Oh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, the poser gangs uh, in, uh, in, cyber, in, this, in Cyberpunk. So um, we have the, um, the poser chip, uh, which uh, changes the way you sort of talk to match, your, um, to match the person who the poser chip is modeled after. There's some interesting stuff in there. There's a lot of uh, interesting world building that can be done there. You know, uh, you can get a poser chip that isn't from a famous person, um, and uh, it'll cost more, but it's more like unique and stuff. Or maybe you get one from a target you're trying to portray during some sort of spy thing, and then there's yep. the like, what if you install them in people against their will? That would be a cool villain thing to do. Um, and uh, there's there's a lot of storylines that can open because of that cyberware. So I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, apparently, we both like the chipware. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. The, the, know, the, uh, the, the chipware. Everything else is like big. They're both neuralware. Death the trans is actually yeah. Are, Death are the really big neuralware. Stuff in there. Neuralware. Yeah, yeah. We, it was oh, chipware right. originally. Then we realized that uh, the picture we have shows it. The, small of the back mm-hmm. and no one has a chip yeah. port at the small of their back no but it's a nice that's a it's a cool place to put it the uh i love the plus five to acting checks yes. which is pretty mm-hmm. powerful if you think about it in the right situation oh, yeah. uh, it's only a plus five if you're role-playing as that character as well gotcha uh it's a plus four otherwise yes. if i'm not wrong yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're you're correct. There, if, there's a there's you, a plus one. You can you can get an additional plus one on top of your plus four if yeah, you're if you, like doing the Elvis voice. If you the player does the Elvis the voice, yeah, and, and it doesn't say well, it says make an effort. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's it's available so cool. to everyone. The <laughs> idea is that you're not. Uh, you can like fight against this chip, um, or you can like go with the flow. And if you go with the flow, you you naturally go into Whoa, mama. Oh, man. Oh, Exactly. Man. And as everyone knows, Elvis is the most impersonated person in the world, even in yeah. Cyberpunk. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that's awesome. I love this DLC. love the art. Um, it's everything you need to add into your game. I highly recommend it. Uh, let's say... Hey, yes. Your folks know the bug eyes are in this one. Yeah, the bug eyes are in here. The big, the big bug eyes. Those are in. Yeah. Those are seventy seven. So, yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's right. The, those are the, big thing work bug here. Some of the ass cracks. And now. then, yeah. and then the monovision, the the visor is in here as well. So there's there's big stuff. Where yeah, if you're if you're a big no spoilers right now, but yeah. there's there's big items in here. If you're a big optimizer when it comes to cyberware, you're gonna love the monovision. Oh yeah, yeah. That's classic also, 2020. Yeah. Also, the Opti Shield's in there. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. His monovision is in. I got there. my monovision, baby. 
The, yeah, and the Romanova cyber legs, which are the coolest cyber legs ever. Um, sure. Do you guys think we can go into questions? I actually have a question about this DLC, so we can start wow. with that one. That was yeah, fast. Sure. Right? What did we do wrong? <laughs> this is from uh, Ed Morgan. Uh, about, Ed I says, bet you, it's about the arc thrower. It's about the arc thrower, isn't it? It is about the Kuroshi. Oh. Okay. All right. Which so one? there's two of them. I, I yeah. expected to hear an arc thrower question. <laughs> oh, by the way, there's a there's a cyber arm that throws lightning bolts and shit. And, and, oh. and doesn't have a hand. And does not have a hand. That's just in time for Christmas. Uh, Ed Morgan says, I have a question about the Cybermus DLC. Can a PC install both the Kuroshi Monovision and the Kuroshi OptiShield together, or is like a one or the other type of thing? Love all your content. Totally. Also, Ed wanted to mention that he ran into you, James, at PAX and picked your brain. He was the guy with the corny Saburo Arasaka joke. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I remember that guy. Um... There was, uh, um, anyway, so the answer to that is the OptiShields, uh, sorry, one more time. Is this the OptiShield or the, uh, Monovision? It's both. Can can you have both? It's the Monovision, the Monovision and the OptiShield? Yeah. Can you have both? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, they operate in different slots. The Monovision is CyberEye, uh, is CyberEye options, uh, and the OptiShield is a there's sunglasses that come out of your forehead and go above that. And they're actually internal cyberware that affects your cyber eyes, not cyber eye options. So absolutely that is intended. Nice. External, actually. We did external? They it's were, external? We, okay. Yeah, we they're they're that, external. It, it's in the skin. We we had a, a healthy debate as to whether they are internal or external. Uh, fair fair enough. I, I believe yeah. I believe they are external. Yeah, but James is right. Looking at the picture, you say to yourself, "Oh, I can't see how the Opto Shield would flow over the thing bulging out of my the middle of my face." But you just assume that it kind of just all over, you know, mm-hmm. make it work. I, I, I'm gonna, so I'm going to say this right now: you are not stuck with the art in this book. You are allowed to make flavor changes if you want your Opto Shield to look more like the sun, the the the, the Retractable sunglasses from a certain famous uh, cyborg in another famous cyberpunk franchise. Yes, the one that did not ask for this. This one did not ask for this. <laughs> you are allowed to do that. Uh, you can make them like this one. You can make them look like however you want. That's your flavor. You are not stuck with our lore or our vi- even when it's visual lore. And remember... Because- Frankly, there's a lot of probably different variants of like we can we'd love to show you art for for stuff um, to help show you what the world is like. But realistically, we cannot show you the four different ways you can buy it because that would quadruple our budget. So uh, we're we're counting on you to fill in the blanks. And if you go to page five, they specifically mention that uh, there's a quote that specifically mentions that there's multiple design variations of the OptiShield because, of course, Kuroshi, like any fashion, is going to keep putting out different variants to get people to buy them so that, you know, like, oh, well, my OptiShield's out of style. I need to go get the new one. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. yeah, that would be the, that would be the answer. Uh, the bug eyes, too, for that matter. We talk about, like, three other bug eyes 
that exists, but the art only shows you one of them. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I always try to tell folks, remember, just like there are different versions of iPhones that come up, there's always going to be a new Kuroshi Monovision in your personal game. In your alternate universe of your game, there's going to be a newer version with newer features or an older version. There's going to be some that techs have messed with and, and changed, and you should have the freedom to do all that. But one exception is a chain rip always will have that exhaust port because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we the the game can only suggest things to balance things out, you know what I mean? If you can yep. retract that chainsaw, it's pretty it's pretty uh messed up. Yeah. Yeah, well, it it uh I think the fact that it's not concealable is cool. Or sorry, concealable yeah, is what I meant to say. It, it, yeah. If you if you if you have a chainsaw on your arm, don't you want everyone to know it? Style yeah. of substance, baby. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Thank you, Ed Morgan. I appreciate that question for the DLC. And by the way, if you folks have questions about DLCs, that's going to go to the top of the list, by the way. <laughs> that's true. Love talking about the DLC. Yeah. Any Elfline's question of value <laughs> will be answered before anyone else. <laughs> the Elflines. Oh man, I have a question, James. When are you gonna stop? <laughs> Never. He's already that's working on Elfline Five. Yeah, that's no, good. No, I'm not. Never. I've had no thoughts about. Never it. stop, James. Never stop. Okay. All right, let's go to this next question. I like this one. This is the kind of questions we like to hear. Uh, hi, John and James and Jay. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I've got a subject I'd like you guys' opinion on. Making cyberpsychos terrifying without flatlining the entire party. At least not on purpose. First, some background. I was recently in a game where me and my chooms went up against a cyberpsycho with the GM's main inspiration being the intro segment from the anime. Problem is, that was early level, and me and a couple others were running melee and martial arts. This psycho had high reflexes and evasion, so most of our attacks ended up missing even on 7s and 9s. In short, we were eventually able to bring him down, but it felt like we were stuck in one spot, pumping fists, baseball bats, and lead into this guy, and he just wouldn't go down. Um, I'm going to just... Go past a little bit. They're meant to be intimidating, unstoppable killing machines who require heavy preparation and firepower. In both of your professional opinions, what tips would you give to GMs who want to run cyber psychos in their game and how do you make them feel truly scary? This is from Jonathan Beard. Thank you, Jonathan. If I may, I am Please. going to assume that Jonathan has seen Avengers. The the first Avengers movie. Um, there is a point uh, in which uh, you know they're on the aircraft. I'm, spoilers for the Avengers. Uh, they're on the aircraft carrier. Uh, Bruce, they, you know, they fall through. Uh, Bruce and Natasha are stuck. Uh, Bruce changes, and what sells the fact that the Hulk is the scariest mofo on the planet is not that he's a big green monster who can crash through walls. It's that Natasha is absolutely 100, and you know she's a badass because you just saw her like earlier up be tied up and not afraid that she's about to be dumped into a pit or tortured to death by a bunch of Russian mobsters, right? She is terrified. She is absolutely 100% terrified, and that sells it. So here's the thing. Cyber psychos are not terrifying by themselves. Cyber psychos are terrifying because of how 
people react to them. Uh, it's that true. Is, that is, that's my first tip. Is uh, is uh, people and you know what? If I'm the GM, I have a cyber psycho. Maybe the cyber psycho is going to be like combat, 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 or maybe the cyber psycho is going to occasionally do something just absolutely whack. You know, just reach out. Like I'll describe how they just reach out, grab a bystander, and pull them apart. Hmm. I won't roll for it. That's all they'll do that round. And yeah, it also gives the players around right to recover right. to plan. Uh, but it also just clarifies how terrifyingly powerful they are. You know, um, I I think that uh, I, I think that you know in that in your example, um, you know your your party like fought them uh, using their skill set, um, but a different party would fight them using a different skill set. So it's it's by the nature that you all created um, you know martial arts melee characters. Um, you showed up for a martial arts melee fight. You know what I mean. Um, it's kind of like, I, I'm certain that your GM was, was going, oh, my, my characters are very strong and I want to show them being very strong. So let me throw the most badass thing against them so that when they prevail over it, we can show how strong the characters are. And in the process, add the pull for, you know, let's go with the hardest core, uh, physical threat I've got, which is what if there was a cyber psycho that could one before the team and they could still win. Um, so, uh, I, I think this is a lot of, um, there, there's sometimes this, this thing when people optimize, right? If people combat optimize their characters and they focus their characters for combat, um, they're kind of putting expectations down and saying, I want to play a game where this type of character is a main character, um, right? So I would imagine like a cyber psycho. So that brings up, so there's your situation, I think, explained. But if you built different characters, maybe your cyber psycho would be different, right? Like maybe it's a cyber psycho who's a functioning cyber psycho and he's a member of the police force or something. And he just starts calling the cops. Yep, James uh, brings up a very saying, good point. These guys are cyber psychos. You know what yep. I mean? Let's call Max Tech. I they're going crazy. You know, um, send the whole team. Call Hammerman. Um, these guys are bad news. And hangs up the phone and then punches himself twice and goes, "Good luck, kids." So, so James brings up a very good point. The uh, the cyber psychos we see in Edge Runners and the one you described are rampaging cyber psychos. They're hulks. They're mad. They go crazy. They just beat the hell out of anything in their way. Uh, not a lot of cyber psychos are fully functional uh, in the case mm -hmm. of like they can live in society. And you can have the stalking cyber psycho who likes to come in, just do something and leave real quick and just do that over our series. That's a great reoccurring incident to just, you know, you never, your players can never rest because they never know when there's something in the shadows. You have if the. You have Intelligent one, I mean, like James described. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, if you have a Holmes character, you need a Moriarty, Moriarty cyber cycle. Yes. Uh, um, so be careful when you do these combat optimizations, because you end up creating these... One of, you um, don't want to fight a combat demon, don't become a combat angel. One of, my, one of my favorite descriptions of a cyber cycle was a Netrunner. 
and he obviously didn't go and start just rampaging through downtown. He would go and like race people's credit histories or, you know, shut down, you know, hack their door locks so it no longer accepted their biometrics. You know, he would just mess with them. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, cyber psychos don't have to be rampaging monsters. It's sometimes they're a lot more fun if they're not. Uh, so if so, yeah, that's it. If fighting a big combat monster isn't scary for your players, make Cyber Psycho who doesn't it is scary for your players. Um, within limits, you know, if there's real arachnophobia, don't make them spider Cyber Psychos. <laughs> that kind of thing. Which, by the way, is absolutely terrifying when you give them the just weld them to a weld them to a cyber chair. Yeah, it's nuts. That is nuts. <laughs> the, up, you... the upload has a cyber chair, and he has jumping spider eyes. The upload is scary as heck. That's great. <laughs> and probably full the upload's not psycho. a cyber psycho. He's not a cyber psycho. He's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> He's just there a regular a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, is there? I have a question for you guys uh, before I make my uh, give my two cents. Is there a stat block out there for a cyber psycho in any of the books there, or anything? In Korad, there is a cyber psycho. Um, just here's an option. He's a very traditional rampaging combat monster cyber psycho. Gotcha. So, uh, Jonathan, I would say if your game master was your game master running that stat block. Were they making a homebrew one? That also, you know, is a factor as well. Because I've used Cyber Psychos. I've made my own stat blocks for them. And I've, throughout the experiences I've had, I've had to tune that stat block, you know, either up or down in different ways. So make sure that, um, you know, that's a good place to start from the book. Run it, rules as written maybe, and then see how you guys like it. And then see if there's any mechanics that you can pump up or down. Because my first Cyber Psycho that I introduced to the party, the party just like, like you know, a light breeze at it, it was gone. And mm -hmm. I, I realized like, oh, okay, this thing has to be like superhuman. There's also the whole action economy of like five players throwing everything yeah. at them. <laughs> for a five-person five party, it's a... Yeah, um, um, so, uh, in, I'm not, a lot not going to... Without going into specifics, there is a cyber psycho in Tales of the Red, mm. um, and said cyber psycho has uh, has help. Uh, they are not, and there's and James uh, and John 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 have pointed out very. Is it the one I'm thinking of? It's the one at the end of the book. It's the final one. Oh, okay. the one at it's... the end of the book. Oh yeah, I was I thought it was the first. Oh, one. Sorry, there are two. There are two cyber psychos in the book. There's one at the beginning and one at the end. Gotcha. One does not um, help. No, I'm thinking of the one at the end. Uh, the, the one at the end has help because uh, they have uh, things. So I will say, uh, one, it's always terrifying when your cyber psycho can list off facts about you as if they know you and have been researching you and stalking you. Ugh. And you know what? Chances are you're on the data pool and all they have to do is a library search and they have an agent and their agent's AI can do the library search for them while they're fighting you. E. Um, uh, just because they're a cyber cycle does not mean they can't have help in the form of drones or automated defenses or cops if they're part of the police force or flunkies. You know, or another cyber cycle. 
or another cyber. Ooh, you got a Bonnie and Clyde cyber cycle. Or um, what's it? Natural born killers. A little bit so, of that. Oh, it would be natural. It would definitely be natural born killers. Bonnie, yeah, got a little bit of that natural going. born killers, not Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, you got some. You got some natural born killers going. Cyber cycles. You got some cool stuff. Yeah. So you've got some action there. And you're right. One cyber cycle against five combat optimized characters. That's a hard thing to be scary. So you've got to find out what what scares. Um, and always go back to the life path. That's always been my advice to people. Life Make path. Make it personal. Yeah. Just a rampaging cyber cycles. Just a rampaging cyber psycho. But go back to your life path. Make them your cyber psycho. Yeah, does someone have an uncle? Oh no, Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> Ruckus. Okay, that's great. I love that. Uh thanks for the answers, guys. Uh let's do hopefully a couple more. This yep. is from Patrick Tool. Uh Patrick is asking the uh functionality of the medtech bag, computer, tech tool, inf uh, and and such things. What are what is the clear purpose for these items? The med tech bag, the tech tool, and the the computer um, in bag inflatable <clears throat> bed is another one that they listed. Okay, so bag inflatable bed. I don't think okay, that it correlates with the other ones, but most of, most of those items are tools, mm -hmm. and there is yeah. um, in the getting it done chapter, uh, which. Uh, foolish me! I didn't have my book right in front of me. Here it there's is. There's a there's a modifier section, correct? And yes, one of there, the modifiers is does not have the right tools. Yes. Um, so so it's say yeah. Page. I believe we list several things that are part of a tech tool, and yes. several things that would be found or that you might do with a um, med tech bag. Uh, and and they function as a way to not get that penalty mechanically. Yes. Um, if, and if, if you're trying to, this is assuming your GM remembers the the modifiers in the that section. And admittedly, that section is for them to forget or remember as they wish. Yes. Um, think about it this way: um, you're trying to you're trying to get through a door, and nobody has pick lock, so you agree to do. Your text says, "Oh," or somebody says, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take apart the doorknob." Mm. It's basic tech. I'm gonna take apart the doorknob. Um, and so you say, "Okay," with what? So you know, it's, it, we don't reward you for having it. We penalize you for not having it in this in most and, in this case. And, and that's if your GM is the type of person that would do that or care yeah. about that ostensibly. Yes. Um, that means that the tool hand uh, largely is for story, is to say, no, I have that. If you're the type of player that wants to talk about their tools and how they work, um, there's there certain role players that really want that. Um, then this gives you the story power to say, I unscrew my screwdriver finger and I do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a anyway. section there's a section in the core rulebook uh where the negative and positive modifiers are. And some of the examples are like is this an easy task, a difficult task? And as a game master, you just have to ask yourself like, okay, can this medtech patch up a wound without their bag? They don't have the equipment, they don't have bandages, they don't have any of that stuff. 
technically yes if they look around and they find some stuff they can do something is it good but it'll be a difficult task whereas if they actually had the tools it would be much easier to do the task hey, and if they find that if they fail and then find their tools after then that counts as another opportunity to do the check since they have a higher bonus that's right even they MacGyver have changed always it. Has a, yeah. even macgyver always has a swiss army knife yeah there you go so yeah and and per rules as written if you change uh the aspect of the skill check in any way then you can redo the skill check whether you use luck points or you do something crafty like as long as it gives you a higher bonus yeah Exactly. You can't do the one where, oh, let me make things even harder on myself to get another attempt. Yeah. But I would allow it for a, a positive narrative change, which is like, oh, yes. I, I didn't have my bag before, but I just got it from the car. Yeah. Yeah, there no, I, 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 would, I would argue that also gives a positive rules change. But if the GM is like, oh, well, I didn't do that before. Okay, I guess there's a positive narrative change now. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. I, I appreciate that question. Uh, this is from Genghis Sean. Love that. Oh, that's a clever one. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, on page 225 of the core rulebook, love page numbers, it says that if you can't pay your hospital bill when you leave, you can pay at the beginning of next month. If you can't pay that on time, then you, quote, risk collection agents being sent after you, which isn't, somebody, which isn't something somebody wants. Uh, what exactly would they do, these agents? Uh, do they break your legs? What, what do you guys have ideas on on what so these the, agents would do? The worst sentence that you can possibly violate in this book is a sentence that provides the GM an excuse to send an open-ended threat at you. If you violate this sentence as a player, you're doing it because you want smoke. Mm. You want a lot of smoke. You want a whole, like, smoked meat factory of smoke. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, anyway. My personal opinion is, I mean, it's up to you what happens. But my personal opinion of is, is some very unpleasant people who are very well armed come up to you and say, you know, it doesn't matter where you didn't give them their address, you didn't give your right address or anything like that, they will find you. They'll come up to you and say, you owe us 1,000 EB. Either give it to us or give us enough stuff we can sell it. Yeah. Come up to a thousand EB. And if you I don't, would imagine, yeah. You know that cyber arm you got full of all those options? I bet you want to repair it after we rip it off your body. That'll be worth a thousand. And uh, there's a great um, Cyberpunk 2077, it's a great point where Mike, Maxwell Mike talks about how Trauma Team operates about taking. You know, they're like, oh, you can't pay your bills, but guess what? That liver of your, that cyber liver you've got, is worth this much. So always remember, even if even if you can't pay, you can't pay. Or if you're the crafty GM and you need a hook for your next story, yeah, and the hospital's then, got a mission for you. I I would say you know you send the sharks after them, and then the sharks are like, uh, hey, we're gonna do this. You know, here we're going to come back in a week, and uh, if you don't give us this amount of money, we're going to rip this arm off you. Um, and then the crafty GM goes, "Ooh, I know what to do. I'll have a medium grade fixer call them and say, you know, hey, whoa, that's all really dangerous. Um, let's go into arbitration. The one where you do a favor for me, and I do a favor for you. Yeah. 
anyway. I like that. Um, and then they do a job for no pay. There you go. Yeah. Um, hopefully, while this is all happening, the other player characters aren't like, sure, fuck that guy. He's the one who got shot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know so, what I mean? This is a very important lesson, I think, is that don't get so bogged down in your campaign that you can never stop and say, hey, how can I make this into a new story? Mm-hmm. Or how can I make this? In, you know, it could be that, you know, you had this adventure plan anyway, and it was just going to be uh, Hornet calls and says, in this case, Hornet, you know, now has a reason because Hornet says, hey, Chuma, I hear you need, need some money or trauma team's going to come and rip off your arm. Aren't you lucky? I'm willing to pay your hospital bill if you do me a favor. Mm. Right, right, right. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's there always you go. a good idea to listen to him specifically. Yeah, so Hornet's got some great favors involving horrible there, toxic things. There's a there's a fantastic uh, inter- interview where um, Woodchipper is interviewing Jericho, and they talk about Hornet, and they're like, and Woodchipper's like, "Don't put me, don't don't talk to me and me and Hornet at the same time." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, yeah, the all good advice. I think one of the best franchises to do it well is like the Bethesda ones, like the Elder Scroll and Fallout series. There's uh, as you're playing the game, if you like murder somebody, um, an NPC, then somebody will pay, or if you steal from their house and they're not there, they'll pay okay. some bandits or people solos in our example to come after yeah. you. And in my mind, it's like, all right, the the person, the debtor, debt debtor, debtor, um, they'll have to think to themselves: Is it worth paying solos all the time to try to get my money, or at this point, do we just cut it as a you know cut our losses? That's something they'll have to deal with as well. Yeah. If you've ever seen, um, ever seen Better Off Dead, the old eighties movie, you want the kid on the bicycle delivering papers after the five dollars. He's owed. It's a great story beat. There you go. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it because it's a great movie. There you go. You have a recommendation. Let's do one more. There, yeah. That's. I mean, we got everything in this podcast. All Uh, right, one more, one more, one more more. quick one, and then we'll end it on this one. This is from. I'm so sorry for butchering your your name, Syantan Mitra. Uh, this is page 158. The lawman roll ability says, as an action, you can attempt to roll equal or low- lower than your backup rank on a D10, equal or lower. All right. Mm-hmm. When you are seriously wounded, you suffer minus two to all actions. When you're grabbed or grabbing, you suffer minus two to all actions. So does this mean it's actually easier to call for backup because the minus two brings it down? So I'm sure... You guys understand what what that I, what's going I, on? I leave that to James, but I believe we've actually so, ruled on this before. Uh, and I and tell me if we've ruled on this in a different way. Nothing is supposed to really touch this particular role. It's a rollability. It's very specific, and um, there is uh, a bit of um, there's a bit of a balance problem in allowing that, and that's uh, that you could essentially get any kind of minus to that role. It's not just that oh, one. I threw I threw away my phone, and now I don't have the right tools. Oh, I, right. I threw away my phone, <laughs> and I don't have enough tools. And oh no, um, yeah. here here I would I would say just don't 
the, the, look, there is a slight difference from as an action and this is an action. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so so we could no, have worded this no, better. No, it doesn't. We could have worded Maybe. this better. Yeah. No, um, this is this is more akin to a save than it is to anything else. So yeah. No, uh, the, the the negatives you have do not help in this case. I, I could almost see a case for like, oh, officer down, get here faster. I could almost see a case for that, you know, and that very specific. I'm mortally wounded. Which is why there's a question. There's a question because there's a there's a there's a there's a reading of this rule that gives a. It should maybe, um, yes. but uh, I I would say um, if you're a lawman, um, it really pays to be uh, for the department to like you. Yes. Um, and what's more important than this role? Um, that even okay, even lawmen that are well liked in the department do this for the call, and the reason they do that is because in cop stories, backups sometimes can't show up in time. Um, in order, or else we'd never have a hero cop character. You know what I mean? They'd just do the call and we'd be Tom Clancy-ing every building. Um, so, you know so what I mean? basically, Die, like, Die Hard Bruce Willis was constantly failing his backup calls. He, he was constantly failing his backup calls and he just happened to do it his darn self. Great Christmas um, movie. Oh, big, big Christmas movie. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, there's that Santa one that's coming up that I'm excited for. Put oh, our yeah. Santa up on the screen. <laughs> Do it. Show them our new Santa, Santa, Santa card. Um, Put so, it up so, on the so, screen, John. I, I think the answer here is no. Technically, no. It no yeah. negatives would affect this role. I, as a GM, personally would allow once someone to say, "Oh, I'm I, I'm morally wounded. I'm calling in. I'm calling in all my chips. Officer down. Other hood of blue." That kind of thing. But after that, you, you do that too often, and the cops can go, dude, why do you keep getting yourself into situations when you're not even on duty? And they're not going to go. I would, I, would, um, I would maybe as a GM, um, to, to piggyback on that, uh, if you want to learn all the departmental stuff and you're looking to buy a book this Christmas season. Oh, that's clever. Wow. Yeah, sell it. Sell it. What's it called again? Protect and Protect Serve. And serve. It's out on PDF. Yes. It ha protect and serve has a bunch of tools in it that you can print off and then make characters fill out for like an incidents report if they're a lawman. Yeah. And um, if you're in that kind of campaign, which you should know if you have two or more lawmen in your party, but you're in you're that in kind that of campaign. Kind of campaign. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be funny. Two lawmen and the rest of them are rocker boys. You'd it would be a fun time. Um. So anyway, point being, uh, is uh, there's if they're role playing as a cop really heavily and they did do something nice and they should get a benefit. Um, I would imagine that there's someone in the department that can make sure your phone call gets picked up when you call this one time. Yep. Because also, you know you you yeah. did win the departmental pancake breakfast kickball. <laughs> I, I will also point out that once again this goes back to what we said earlier. Everything's a possible story moment. So think about it this mm -hmm. way: you're down, you're 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 mortally wounded. And by the way, I've seen games where literally the party's almost at a TPK, and some the lawman finally succeeds at their backup check, and the officer and, and the backup swings in, and it, cha and it, sw it changes everything for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're down, 
You call in. Your GM says, okay, you're mortally wounded. You sound like it. The dispatcher sends someone out to you right away. Um, and then the GM follows it up with, a week later, uh, Officer Petrowski says, you know what? Remember how like I saved your butt last week? Well, there's some evidence down in the locker, right? That if it gets logged in, you know, if anyone really looks at it, you know, my neck's on the line. So I did you a favor. Oof. Now I need you to do me a favor. You mean there's no honest cops in Night City? It's just when you walk into Herman's office. <laughs> yeah. No, there are no honest cops in Night City. The Night City, the NCPD is the biggest gang in Night City, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right, folks. Uh, Chooms, thank you guys so much for the questions. If you Chooms have more questions, johnjohnthewise at gmail.com. Do not be shy. Send them over. We will answer as many as we can. We love page numbers. We love the esoteric ones. Um, and I think well, next time... We also love questions about DLCs. Love apparently. those. Love you those. said that at the beginning. Yes. and um, um, I'm joking about the elf thing. <laughs> it will not get you priority. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, thank you all so much for, for sending in your questions. We really appreciate it. We love connecting with the community. And Jay Gray, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure having you here, and it's it's really a blessing to have you in our community. Thank you. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Uh, James, anything you want to tell the fine folks at home before we are adjourned? No, but I'm working on something. Couple of a uh, couple more months, and I'll finally have something to tell them. Ooh. Anyway, uh, up till then. Have a great holiday, everybody. Uh, and uh, get to play some TRPGs. Yeah, that's right. You know? On behalf like, of... Use, a... use, use the TRPGs as an excuse to hang out with people you haven't hung out with in a while. Yeah, hide the dice under the eggnog. Be like... Exactly. Oh, exactly. Oh, you found they'll the finish magic. Their eggnog, they'll finish their eggnog, and at the bottom there'll be a die, and they'll be like, well, you already signed up for this campaign. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. We do not recommend it. That is, might be a choking hazard, but it would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, from Artel Sorian, from myself, happy holidays to all of you. May you have a safe, fun holidays and new year. We'll see you guys next year for some more gaming. And uh, Jay, anything you want to say before we sign off? RTG books, books from Artel Sorian Games, they make great gifts. They do. They do make good gifts. Um, they they make good gifts to give to other people. You can buy them with money, um, and yes. you can uh, buy them on DriveThruRPG with money, and uh, from our website, ArtelSorianGames.com. Oh, actually, um, if it, there is chances, I think there's 12 days remaining, so there's a small chance. Uh, if this is out before the it ends, if you go over to Humble Bundle, you can pick up the Witcher and Castle Falconstein bundle set for very little money and, and that is a swell deal it is a swell deal and you'll be getting the starlight children's foundation that's all the witcher books and all the castle falcon scene books awesome that's great okay, you guys good. Had, uh, i remember there was something we needed to talk about that was, that was it. it that was that it, was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so yeah if you guys tuned into the end here you got a little treat there um but yeah that's it thank, thank you thank, thank you for feeding the algorithm that's it exactly yeah all right, Night City Council is adjourned. Thank you all for coming in. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you guys on the next one. 
Jay is waving too, but you can't see him. He is. <laughs> Bye, guys.